yours. Amen. Amen. amen praise amen. the Lord. Praise the yes. Lord. Welcome, everybody. We welcome you this, welcome. this beautiful Sunday morning. Thank you for, for tuning in to, with us for virtual church service yes. on today. Yes. We are so excited. We're excited Woo. every day that we gather in Come Jesus' on. name. We thank you for tuning in to the new Freedom Christian Ministries yes. Facebook Live page. Thank you. Thank you for taking the time out to follow us as we follow Christ on come this out, morning. We are so excited. I'm Pastor Phoebe Davis. This is my husband, Pastor Eric Davis. Yeah. This is our oldest son, Eric Matthew Davis. Praise right, the Deacon. Lord. Eric Matthew, he's, he's representing Team Jesus for today. Praise yes. God, because we're on the team with Christ. And so we join you. We invite Ooh, you all this morning. Castbook, yes. Castbox Live, Amen, Podbean Live, Creating a Prayer Culture for God, Prayer Line Podcast. We thank you all for joining in. We welcome you this morning. We're yes. so excited. The word of Thank God you, is Jesus. coming forth. Fresh Man, we've got Fresh our plate. Man. We've got our silverware. We're ready to My eat God. and die. Lord. We're so excited. Oh, yes. God is just so yes. good. And we thank him that we're still able to come together. Come Amen. We've been still gathering and meeting together. Yes. Yes. Come on. The meeting has not stopped. No. The word has not stopped. Come on. It's all about Jesus. Come on. Mm. We're for team Jesus today. Amen. We're on the Lord's mm. side and we're inviting you to come and get on the Lord's Hallelujah. side with us. I'm telling you, we got a dynamic duo coming this morning. Yes, Man, yes. they they on fire. They're ready. They're going to fill up. us up. Come on. It Feel. started this Feel. morning, and it's just continuing mm -hmm. to trickle on down to the service today. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise Amen. You. What another awesome opportunity yes. that we all can come together. Praise be to God. Amen. For all of our new Freedom Christian ministry, praise be to God, members, congregation, and more than conquer warrior for christ ministry yes. amen these Welcome. two dynamic ministry praise be to god that come together amen on virtual facebook zoom praise be to god we thank god amen that we still have an opportunity to gather yes. together in unity for all the listeners out there our subscribers praise be to god on Castbot live podbean spotify google podcast yes. apple podcast radio public i mean the list go on and on amen for all of our twenty thousand listeners right now amen who are listening to the creating a prayer culture for amen. god prayer line podcast hotline amen. hospital thank, thank you, you for Jesus. joining us this yes. morning thank you for taking time out to mm -hmm. allow us to come into your home to bring the word of the Lord, amen, from the man and woman of God, Pastor Lester and Sharon Hayes, our new Freedom Christian Ministry, right out of 725 East Calhoun Street in Bainbridge, Georgia, on fire for the Lord, with a place where everybody is somebody special. We thank God, amen, that the word of the Lord is going to continue to go through them, to them, yes. to all of his people, amen, as the word said, and according to the book of Isaiah, chapter 55 and 11, that so shall my word go forth, it will not return void, but it will accomplish what God sent it out to do. God bless everyone. We love you, amen. Getting ready, amen. I got my notebook. I got my pen out, amen. I'm ready to learn. I'm ready on, to, on, to take on, notes, praise on, be to God. 
to hear on, what does say the Lord, amen. Got yes. your sword, got your whole armor on, amen. As you open up your eyes and your mind and your heart to hear what the man and woman of God got to say today because God has the last say on every matter that is going on. So God bless you. Love you, amen. In the name of Jesus, amen. Stay connected. Don't jump off. Stay connected, amen. And hear what does say the Lord. God bless you. Enjoy it, amen, like we will too. All God right. bless you. We All love right, you. Pastor. Take <laughs> it away. In the name away. of Jesus, God bless everyone. Take it away. Feed us, pastor. <laughs> yes, 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 love yes. Y'all. Yes. God Fight bless. up for Jesus. Fight up for Jesus. Glory to his holy name. Amen. Glory, 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 glory. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, yes. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise yeah. God. It's God. Amen. Thank you all. Thank you all. Yes. Yes. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Well, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Greetings in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I'm awesome, amazing, incredible God that we serve. Amen. I'm Pastor Lester and my wife, Pastor Sharon Hayes here this morning in the beautiful city of Tallahassee. Amen. Yeah. Excited about this day that the Lord has made. Amen. And we're here to rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. So we just bring you greetings this morning. Amen. And I'm kind of of the old school where ladies are always first. So I want to present to some of you and introduce to some of you that don't know her, this awesome woman of God, woman of wisdom, my wife, you know, my partner in ministry. Amen. The mother, my children, the grandmother, my grandchildren. Amen. A, a co-laborer in the gospel. Amen. You can hold her own has a wonderful, beautiful verbal expression in her mouth that God put there for the benefit of all those who have been here to hear. So I'm going to go ahead and introduce her again, Pastor Sharon, present to you, Pastor Sharon, amen, that she can encourage you with the word of God in her own right, in her pastorship, amen. Pastor Sharon, and I'll come later, amen. Praise the Lord. Good morning, everyone. What a beautiful day it is. You know, God is so, so good to us even now. And I just want to thank him. I want to give him honor and glory, magnify his holy name, because the Lord is just good to us. And as I was uh, looking in the scriptures, and um, I had one thing on my mind I was going to talk to you about, but you know, the Lord just brought something else to me. So I'm just going to uh, go with it. You know, I thought about so many times you hear, and I'm quite sure you've heard this too, Pastor Les. So people will say we're all God's children. Come on. And you know, that is not biblically sound. Biblically sound, we're all his creation. Amen. But he has given us the power to become sons of all God. All right now. But we have to use that power. Yes, and so there yes. is a there's a process to becoming a child of God. And we have to confess the lord we got to believe in our heart and confess with our mouth the lord jesus yeah. christ the bible tells us there is no other way to the Hallelujah. father if we come try to come to him some other way we're like a thief and a rock yes. and let me tell you something no one has the power mm. there's no strong man who can break mm. into the house of yes. the lord yes. ever met yes. so you know we have to understand that when we come on every, well, you know, you see us on Sundays, but all through the week we're having services, six in the morning, every morning there is prayer service. And, and the prayer service is really, we do pray, but we like to teach about prayer. 
so that no matter where you're at, what situation you're in, whether you can reach someone or not, you know, we have these prayer partners, but sometimes you can't reach them. You can always reach Jesus. You can always call out to him. And we like to teach you how to pray. So 6 a.m. in the morning, we're normally having our teaching about prayer and different things to help the saints become comfortable in their relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Now listen, I'm going somewhere with this. Even though we do that, and then we have these days, like on Sundays, our church, our virtual church service, you know, but we never, never, ever like to miss offering Jesus Christ to a person. Whatever we're teaching, we want you to know that when we teach the word, the Bible was written to the same. And so I don't want to tell a person that without giving their life to the Lord, that they can have everything that's written in this book. You can have it, but you have to give your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the only way to God. And so a lot of times I like to make sure in the beginning, I tell you, whether you're saved or not, you can always get there. The things we preach, and sometimes it sounds like we're just talking to people who have given their life to the Lord. This is an insight on what you can have if you give your life to the Lord. He's waiting. He's waiting. The Bible says in a parable in Matthew, he left the 99 and went after the one. So you haven't given your life to the Lord. You are so much more important to him than I am. I've given my life to him. He knows I belong to you and he desires you. He's looking for you. He knows he can leave the saved folks in a comfortable place and he can run after you. So I want you to know that you can become a child of God, even if right now you're a creation. So stay and listen. And I had to make that clear because I'm coming from today. I'll give you a scripture from the book of Philippians, the second chapter. And starting at the fifth verse, it says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. In other words, once you give your life to the Lord, and you begin to listen to the word, you let the word wash you, you let the word clean you, and you work toward knowing God. The word is the mind of God. He has put what he's thinking in the Bible. It is his mind. And so when we read it, when we study it, it begins to transform us. Don't you want to be transformed to be a better person? I speaking for me, want to be a better person, a better Christian, a better citizen, a better woman. You know, I just want to each and every day grow. And maybe I was short in something yesterday, but today I'm striving to be better in that. Not for others. Well, I hope they benefit from it, but for myself. This is something I want to present to God. I want to be more like Jesus Christ. If you read on in verse 6, listen, it gives us an insight. Who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Why is that? Because he knew that having the mind of God, 
Jesus Christ, he told us often in the word that he came not about his will, but to do the will of the Father. He said the will of the Father was his meat. That's what he lived for. So it's not robbery to be equal with God because he's doing the things that God wants. You know, he's working hard. He's striving hard. In verse 7, it says, but made himself of no reputation. He didn't come on the scene trying to, you know, make sure everybody know Jesus. He wanted to know the way to God was Jesus. He wanted us to know that. And it, the scripture goes on to say, and took upon him the form of a servant. Now, my husband, Pastor Lester, is going to talk to you more today about that servant, taking on that form. And he goes on to say, and was made in the likeness of men. So he came made in the likeness of men, but doing the will of God. Oh, isn't he awesome? And he showed us that even though we're in the likeness of men, we can accomplish the will of God. Let me tell you something. God loves everyone. Don't let people bash you even if your lifestyle isn't what Christians say it should be, the thief, the robber, whatever that lifestyle is, whatever it may be, if it's not of the will of God, we can always repent. We can always yeah, allow God you, to make a change in our life. And so that's what I wanted to talk to you about today. You know, that we have a chance. As long as you're breathing, you have a chance to repent and to become closer to God. And so that's what life is about right now. Now that I've done that, now that I've repented, and don't think that it was one and only time for me repenting, okay? That's a long story, but I want you to understand that once you give your life to the Lord, you don't become a perfect person, but you begin to mature into that. And you work your way into that. And you know that God loves you and he's helping you all along the way. So without further ado, I'm going to present to some and introduce to other my very own husband, a true man of God. And he's going to continue to talk to you about making yourself a slave unto God. And I just thank God for the word today. I praise him because I know it's going out and it's going to do, it's going to accomplish what God sent it out to do. So Pastor Lester Hayes, amen, amen. Amen, amen. We praise the Lord. We thank Pastor Sharon for that word. Amen, amen. Uh, the Bible says in the book of John chapter 1, verse 12, as many as receive him, that them gave he the power to become the sons of God. Amen. And so, uh, as she said, we all are created by God, but we're not, we have not all become the children of God because of that reason. Amen. And so we have to confess him as Lord and receive him as Lord because he is that way to the Father. Amen. Can't get around it. That is the way. And, uh, you know, there are a couple of verses of scripture that came to me as she was talking. And one of them that we use a lot to kind of build our case and to preface a lot of what we do is that it's over in the book of Hosea. And, you know, God used Hosea the prophet 
uh, to prophesy to Israel, his chosen people, who had become a harlot. They had become a prostitute for the things of the world, and they had, you know, uh, rejected God in in their life, in their their knowledge, in their in their Christianity, in their walk, in their relationship. And he divorced them and called them a harlot. And 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 he used the prophet Hosea, you know, to prophesy to them and let them know in the in the fourth chapter of that book and the sixth verse and my people those who have accepted him those who have confessed him those particular people that god chose before the foundation of the world which was israel so it's been his model people he said that they have you know they they, they perished him because they lack knowledge about him and about his relationship and how to have that relationship with him so he said they perish uh they are destroyed for that lack of knowledge and then he went on to use uh, uh, Solomon over in the book of Proverbs, chapter 29, verse 19. And he said, they also perish for a lack of vision. In other words, you can't see the way to have a relationship with God. You can't see the way to get to God. And, and so we're without because of that reason, standing on the outside looking in, not having the knowledge of the way to get there, have no vision, no clue. And Jesus said in the book of John, chapter 14, verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except by me. And he is the Savior of the world. Amen. And it's impossible to get to the Father. He said, if anybody try to come any other way, they come as a thief and a robber. Amen. So I just wanted to kind of like reinforce what she had said. And I want to make a transition here because, you know, I'm Pastor Lester Hayes. Pastor Sharon and I pastor together. Amen. And uh, I just want to let you know, she said that, uh, you know, we meet every morning at 6 a.m. We have what we call creating a prayer culture for God, a mandate from God, where we come together with partners all over the world with our, some of our pastors, Pastor Phoebe, Pastor Every Day, the More Than Conquered Boy Christ ministry that you heard during the introduction. Uh, you know, that's our firstborn daughter and her husband, our son-in-law. And we meet every morning along with some of our ministers and some, you know, some of our partners from all over the world. And you can access it in the mornings at 6 a.m. by dialing 712, you know, 775-7085, access code 123-218-POUND, and get on with us every morning. We are the non-denominational ministry. We believe in preaching and teaching sound doctrine as the Holy Ghost lead us and allow the word of God to, to enter your heart as you hear it and let the Holy Ghost use it to convict you to do whatever decision, whatever decision you're going to make about your relationship with God from there. Uh, we know that there's no man on this earth can make nobody be saved. But our job is as servants of God is because we care so much, because Christ cared so much, is to preach and teach sound doctrine to you without compromising love, amen. And we know that God wants us to know that truth and he wants that truth to make us free, amen. But since we are living in these last days, and again, you can join us on Wednesday night for Our Power Prayer at 7.30, same number, same access code. And on Thursday night, we have Wisdom Call at 7.30 and Bible Study. Uh, you can join us again there, slower pace, amen. You can ask questions, you know, make comments in all of these services and prayer requests. We take those two, uh, same number on Thursday night, and then we come back on Sunday morning, and that's why we're here now. And so, so much for that. But I just want to transition because we're living in these, uh, what we say, the last days. And I don't say it's the last days uh, of the world, but I believe it's the last days of this age because I don't believe that we can continue to sustain ourselves at the way we're going right now and the way mankind is trying to govern mankind without God, without knowledge of him in our governing 
without trying to build a relationship with him. So the Bible lets us know that these are the signs of the end times, of this age. We'll see these things because we know this age will end, but heaven and earth will never end. It'll be the beginning of a new heaven and a new earth, but this age as we see it now, as we know it, will end. But there are some significant things that are taking place uh, that uh, the Lord highlighted to me uh, out of the book of Revelation chapter 17 and chapter 18, but matter of fact, all the way to the end of the chapter. And uh, I kind of got stuck right there in uh, chapter 17 of the book of Revelation and chapter 18. And I'm not going to try to cover all of that material today. I'll probably continue this until I completely cover what it is the Lord has put in my spirit. But I'm going to try to give you just enough today to help you to be able to understand really what I believe is really transpiring and taking place right now, right before our eyes. Amen. And to be able to do that sometimes, to get a good understanding, we have to be able sometime to know what has been prophesied, to know what has already been spoken. We don't have to go out and create nothing new. We can just look in this perfect law of liberty and God has already painted the picture. He's already foretold it through some of the minor prophets and major prophets well before our time. He's already kind of told us, man, through some of the prophets that we have right now as Gentiles, because that's who we are. Uh, we're living not under the law anymore, but we need the law. We need to understand the law, but we're also under grace right now. And so we need to be able to understand both uh, spectrums of how God deals with his people. And that age was under the old covenant, meaning the Old Testament. And now under this age, it is the age of grace. We're under the dispensation of grace. Amen. But we cannot do away with the law because that's where all the major prophets prophesy what is going on right now, looking to the future and being led and guided by the Holy Spirit. And God began to inspire them as the Holy Ghost came on them. And they began to see into the future and foretell things that were going to happen. Some of those messianic prophecies, some of those prophecies have already come to pass. But there are some, as we're speaking right now, that are coming to pass. And then there are some that are yet to come to pass. And we're so blessed and so fortunate right now that we have this perfect law of liberty. If we would take the time to look in there, we don't have to live dumbfounded. We don't have to live a life of guessing and wondering and assuming about what's going to take place. And some of us just wipe our hands all together. We don't want to have nothing to do with it. And it's like we think, you know, we just automatically, as Pastor Sharon was saying, are children of God. We think that, oh, God is just too good, man, to do anything, to, to punish sin, to judge sin. But his word has already been spoken, and he's not a man that he should lie. So what he promised he was going to do, that's what he's going to do. He said the ways of sin and death, but the gift of God is eternal life. And so the only chance we have is to live a repentant life. Once you get saved and give your life to the Lord, you don't have to get saved again, but you do have to start learning the importance of of repenting every day because we're sinners saved by grace. We're not sinners because we sin. We, we sin because we're sinners. And we have to be saved and we're saved by grace. And that's not a, of ourselves, of a man that we should boast. That's a gift God gave us based on the merits and finished work of Jesus on that cross. Amen. So we need to be preparing ourselves. And as we are free and preparing ourselves, we're able to prepare and free other people. Amen. Through the gospel. That's what God wants us to do. Know the truth and the truth make us free. As he did said to us in the book of John, uh, chapter 8, verse 32. And then he goes on in verse 34 and he says, but if the son, that is that condition, if the son sets you free, then you're free indeed. There's no other way to be free. And once you're free, 
He wants you now to stand fast in the liberty wherewith Christ made you free, not your bishop, not your apostle, not your lady elect, not your first lady, you know, not, not none of that, you know, it's, it's, it's if he made you free, if Christ set you free, then you're free indeed. Now you can stand fast in that liberty wherewith Christ made you free and be not entangled with the yoke of bondage again. Don't go back underneath that tradition. Don't go back under that stuff that had you snared. Don't go back under that trying to be a man pleaser, woman pleaser. Don't go back under them titles that don't, don't, have, don't, don't have nothing to do with God. Amen. He wants you to have a relationship with him. And that's what counts right there. And the only way we can do that is through his son, Jesus Christ. And the only uh, uh, work that we can do is a work by faith. In other words, faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen. But we know that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And we begin to work that faith by when we hear the word of God, we give our life to the Lord Jesus Christ, who we can't see. But if we come to him, we got the knowledge that he who he said he is by the word. And then we got to believe that he going to do what he said he's going to do, which is begin forgive me of my sins cleanse me, wash me in the blood, put it under the blood like it's never happened before. And now I got a brand new state. And I don't know who in the world in their right mind was, 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 was surpassed so great a salvation that was beginning to be preached when Jesus was on this earth. That's all he talked about, you know, was how to get back to the Father. He was that bridge. He came to reconcile us back to the Father. And he was willing to satisfy the propitiation with his own life, hung on that cross, the substitution lamb for us that we might have an opportunity to be reconciled back to the Father, just like it was in Genesis 1 and Genesis 2. No sin until we got to Genesis, the third chapter, verse 15, and the serpent beguiled Eve, deceived Eve. Now you got to deal with sin. And it was the sin of the first man, Adam, instead of telling her what God had said, you know, and, 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 and obeying what God had said, I guess he, was, he fell asleep, man, on what God had said while the serpent was, was deceiving Eve, and now you got to deal with sin. Sin entered in. But it was the second man, Adam, that came and paid that price, and now we've been bought with the price. And who wouldn't give their life to him, man, who did such an awesome job on that cross, man? He, he stayed right there. He, he had already gave up the opportunity in the book of Luke, chapter 24, when he said, Father, not thy will, but my will. The night before he was, he was crucified, he said, hey, not my will, but thy will be done. If this cup, bitter cup, Lord, is not for me, then take it. But if not, your will be done, not mine. That was our salvation hanging in the balance. And it's been paid for because in the book of John, chapter 19, verse 30, finally he said, I give up the ghost. He said, Father, it's finished. Our price was paid for our salvation. That's a free gift. That's a free gift. And I don't know who in their right mind, man, who have a chance to live for eternity with Christ, not this, just this life, because when this over, it's over. But we can live again after this life is over, you know, in Christ Jesus. And so I, I just wanted to preface what I'm giving to talk about, at least get started today, based on that. And I want to title this message that God dropped in my spirit. It's so befitting for the time we're living in. Because it's going to deal with two things today. One is going to be slave and one is going to be Babylon. And Babylon is so significant to what's going on right now. You've got to see it in the scriptures. You can't just assume what's going on right now. You can't make it a, 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 a Democrat thing, a Republican thing, or independent thing. We just can't make it a Putin thing or a Trump thing. We got to look to the scripture. We got to look for God to enlighten us through the word on really what's going on because we're not fighting against flesh and blood, even though we got these flesh and blood real characters out here that's frustrating us, confusing us, putting us through a living hell. But it's something behind all of that that we need to be aware of. And if not, we're going to end up serving one of those things, okay, trying to get some satisfaction, trying to get some leverage here. 
And we're going to take our eyes off of God because we're going to get so caught up in these systems that we're dealing with right now until we're going to lose focus on really what's going on. And that's my intent today is to be able to help us to see because remember now, people perish for a lack of vision. And then we also perish for a lack of knowledge. So some of the knowledge I want to share with you today that builds on what Pastor Sheridan started about, let the mind of Christ Jesus be also in you. If that's the case, and as we often say in the book of Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3, he whose mind is stayed on the Lord, God will keep him in peace. So you don't get frustrated with all these characters and confused by all these characters out here acting out what they're doing, not only in government, but also, man, in the church and out of the church where we're at right now, you know. And so we want to be able to have a base of knowledge about really what's going on so I can focus in on what I'm up against right now because we're not fighting against no flesh and blood. We're fighting against principalities, rulers of the darkness of this age, spiritual wickedness in high places, and the powers that be. And we know we have the full arm of God, as we learn over there in the book of Ephesians, chapter 6, verse 10, all the way through verse 19. And we put that armor on every day, that helmet of salvation, that breastplate of righteousness. We take that belt and put around our waist, the belt of truth. We take the sword of spirit, which is the word of God. We shower our feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And we take the shield of faith that we can ward off all them fiery darts of the adversary. But we do all of that sometimes, man, is when we let our guard down because we, we don't expect people sometimes uh, to do the things that they do. Because we look at it and say, they don't have to. They're in power. Why are they doing that? Why are they abusing that power? Why are they abusing that position? They're supposed to be there to help me. You know, <clears throat> why do they hate me? I haven't done anything. Why do they judge me by the color of my skin and not the content of my character? Why? I, I, I've done everything the system required of me. I'm not a lawbreaker. I follow the laws. I support this. You know, why is all this happening to me? You know, and so we have to be able to find these answers by looking into the perfect law of liberty and continuing therein. And so I want to take a look today at those two things that I talked about is uh, being a slave and look at the system that we're in, which is so similar to Babylon. Okay, and Babylon is a real place, and we're going to get into talking about that. But let's go right now and, you know, open to the book of uh Revelation, I'm going to start in chapter 17. Amen. And we'll just go forward as we can go. But let's pray. Father, we thank you and we praise you right now, Lord God, for the opportunity to be able to share your word with your people. I pray you give you to hear right now. Eyes of old to see wonderful things for your plan of salvation. Let our hearts be transformed by the word of God. Let faith come by what we're about to hear because we know faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Father, we just give you praise, glory, and honor right now. Open our eyes up. Open our lives up. Open us up today, God, that we can see into the spirit realm. And Holy Ghost, I ask you right now for that word of wisdom, that word of knowledge, enlighten your people right now, all those who don't have understanding. I pray for them to have understanding. All those that don't have wisdom in their innermost being and truth in their inner, in their inner parts, I pray that you put it there now through this word. And God, I give you praise, glory, and honor for it right now in Jesus' name that we'll know exactly what's going on, that we'll have knowledge that we don't perish of these end-time events, and we'll also have a vision, knowledge that leads us and points us in the direction of that vision so none of us perish, but we'll be free, standing fast in it, as Paul told the Galatian church in the book of Galatians chapter 5, verse 1, he said, stand, forth, stand fast, therefore, in the liberty of Christ has made you free because no one else can make us free. And we're not free by him and his knowledge. And we still are slave to the rudiments of this world, to the systems of this world, to the beast of revelation, which is, which is the systems of this world. And so, Father, we give you praise, glory, and honor right now that this word today will free us even the more. 
and we'll have faith, God, to prepare ourselves for what is yet to come. We thank you for it now. We praise you now. We speak to the lost right now by faith, the backsliders by faith. We speak to the prodigal sons and daughters that are out there hanging in the balance, don't know what to do right now, on the verge of more confusion right now. And God, we're in turmoil right now, God, grabbing for answers, grabbing for straws, consuming so much stuff. But God, we want today that destiny to be set today because they, you, you're going to write the course in their life today because they're going to hear the word and they're going to be better prepared for what is yet to come. We thank you now, Lord God, for the gays and straights, the, 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 the atheists out there, the 4,200 out there that struggle with the deity of Christ, Lord God, that have a form of godliness, but they're not the power thereof. They're forever learning, but never coming into the knowledge of the truth. We lift them up today. We pray for our immature, mature Christians right now. God, that they will hear a word today, God, and they'll continue to grow, Lord God, because they're hearing the word. And if they stop growing, we know, God, they're going to perish. But we're praying today, God, that you spark a new fire in them to continue to grow in the word of God. And we thank and praise you right now, God. And so we pray for all those out there on our podcast, all those out there across the world that are listening today. We lift up our government today, Lord God. We lift up all those right now, Lord God, that are doing work behind the scenes to get people ready to vote in November. We just lift up the system right now. We pray for fairness in it, Lord God. We pray that people will exercise their civil duty and responsibility to get out and work the vote because the vote works. And so, Father, we give you praise, Lord, and honor for it. We pray for the clergy, the body of Christ right now, that preachers will get back to teaching and preaching sound doctrine, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. We pray for their integrity. We pray for their character, that it will yield and reflect, Lord God, that my God the ministry, God, that you put them over, call them into. And so we just give you praise, glory, and honor right now. In Jesus' wonderful name, we pray. Now, God, use this word today for your glory and for your name's sake and for the sake of your people today that are struggling right now, that are hurting right now, Lord God. Those that have been victimized by this coronavirus, we lift them up right now, God. In the name of you, we pray that the souls of those one 191,000 that are dead and deceased right now. Rest in peace, Lord God. And we pray in the name of Jesus, Lord God, they will continue to work on a vaccine. We pray that we will continue to make smart, wise decisions, oh God, about what we touch, Lord God, and where we go, what we drink, what we eat, what we breathe. God, we're just praying right now that we follow all the restrictions and guidelines right now. God, line our behaviors up, Lord God, with what works, Lord God. And we'll give you all the praise, glory, and honor right now for keeping us safe, watching over us, sanctifying us, anointing us, cleansing us right now by your word, by your presence. In Jesus' name, amen. And so, I want to talk to you today from a subject, who and what are we slaves to? You know, that question came to me the other morning. My wife and I was out walking, and we were just talking about some things because we're living in this age of um, technical devices. Everything right now, because I'm out walking, I got my cell phone, and we can continue to be on the line in the morning. You know, it's kind of like a carrier. We can continue to communicate. You know, and it's like, man, you know, we become so bound and so fixated and so enslaved to these devices. And I got to thinking about, man, what if we didn't have these devices? You know, we're not in the building right now. We can't get into church, man. And, you know, and I said to myself, I was telling her, we were talking about how we have become so, such a slave to these devices. And if we lose them, I kind of, where, where would we be, you know? And so I started thinking about that. And this subject just came up. Who and what are we slaves to? Amen. And so what is the difference, you know, between, as I thought more about it after we got back from my run, what is the difference between a slave and being a member of the body of Christ or a member of the church or being a servant of God, being a crucial part of something? You know, what is the difference? There's got to be a difference. Amen. You can't just mingle all this stuff up together. Amen. And so as soon as I got back, you know, I went right in my Bible back in the back 
And I looked for, because I got a concordance back there with all these scriptures for various, various topics. And that's how I do. When God drops something in my spirit, I bring it back to the word and I try to find something that's documented so I can figure out, is that what God is saying or that's what I'm feeling? And so I came back and I went back there, man. I went down the list and I got down to the S section and I looked up slave and I told my wife, there's only one verse of scripture that I found back there that talks about slave. And it's over in the book of Revelation chapter 18, verse number 13. But I don't want to go there right now. I want to go to 17 and eventually before things are over, I'll finish 18. But I had to go back to 17 because it kind of sets it up for chapter 18. But it deals with this word slave. And then I had to go in the Bible and find me a character who used that kind of language. See, I always like to identify with those who are already in the position, already been where I'm trying to go, already done what I'm trying to do, what I've been called and anointed to do. And the guy I came up with, man, is Apostle Paul. And I love his language. And so we're going to talk about that. What is a slave uh, in the book of Revelation, chapter 18, verse 13, the King James Bible? So I had to find me a character you know, that understood this language, that could use this language that made sense because you mess around the day, man, and say something about slavery, and people get offended, you know, because we have this 400-year history about slavery, you know. And I was like, you have to be very careful, man, when you start talking about I'm a slave. The wrong people hear that. They already treat you like a slave. They might think you asking to be abused. So you have to be very, very careful. But in Christendom, okay, being a slave is totally different. And that's what blessed me when I started to read about Paul's life as a slave. And, and, well, as he said, he called himself a slave. But it was a lot deeper than that because there was a difference than what he was referencing from back in the book of, uh, <clears throat> I want to say, Exodus chapter 21. Because back then under the old covenant, masters had slaves. And so Paul was aware of that teaching. Why? Because you got to remember, Paul was a Hebrew, so he was very educated in history. So when he said that, he was making a reference, but he was not actually saying, I'm a slave as they were a slave, but now my master is different. <laughs> you know, he wasn't talking about the same kind of relationship that masters and slaves who owned slaves back then. Even today, some people are confused, you know, but he was talking about his new master under grace, talking about Jesus Christ. You know, he said, I'm a slave to Jesus Christ. And it had a whole different meaning, but he was drawing from the symbology, okay, of what happened back then, how they had slaves, you know. And so he was just drawing from that. He wasn't saying, I want to be a slave to a man, to a master, a man, a human master, like they were back then, you know. But some people today want to treat us like they want us to go back 400 years and be slaves again, you know. And so we have to understand as Christians, it's different when you talk about being a slave. And we're going to delve into that, man. And so let's kind of see here. Have we become slaves to our devices in this world? That question came to me. To the beastly systems of this world. You have to understand when the revelation talks about the last day, the beast, he's only talking about worldly systems. He's only talking about these world powers that are going to finally come together. There used to be enemies, and they're going to form this ten-headed monster, meaning nations out there. Russia going to be one of them. The United States are going to be the other one. Okay, they're all going to come together, China, North Korea, and they're going to form this alliance, okay? And they're going to create this new world order, and they're going to try to anyway, okay? And that's going to be those beastly systems. And you've got to understand these four dynasties that are going to be affected by that, that right now we depend so much on, okay? We got our education system, we got our governmental system, we got our education system, and we got our religious system. 
And all of those right now are under scrutiny, you know, because we have become slaves to those systems that were never set up to benefit man the way God can benefit man, the way his system can benefit man. And that's why Paul was saying, I've become a slave to him because I was educated in my history. I was educated in theology. I'm the founder of theology. But it did profit me when I was on the road to Damascus. It was that visit from Jesus who introduced me to another system and said, Paul, Paul, why persecuted thou me? Yes, you have permission from Caesar who was in power, but Caesar has been defeated by now. He ain't doing us no good right now. But Christ Jesus lived. You ask me how I know he lived? Because he lived inside of me. And he brought a new system called grace. And it's sufficient for me right now. And so Paul understood that he had, he had fallen into a brand new system. And he said, I want to be a slave to this system. I don't want to be a slave to what Caesar told me to do. I don't want that petition and that power that he gave me to go out and persecute. That was the wrong system I found myself in. And it's just like today, so many of us give so much of our allegiance and our affection, our attention and reliance and trust and confidence on these systems that are failing us today. They were never designed for us to be enslaved to them. But some of us feel like we can't do anything without a degree. I can't do anything without religion. I can't do anything without governmental approval. I can't do anything without the God of this world, which is money. Even in the church, that filthy lucre is tripping up and tripping up so many clergy right now and causing them to take their eyes off of what Paul had tapped into. And he said, I want to be a slave to it. I want to be apprehended by that that I've apprehended. He said, I will, my God. He said, I count everything else as dome that I might know. Just know him in his resurrection and in his power. This system Paul said, I want to be a slave to. This one Christ, I want to be a slave to. And he made this confession. And you know, and so so the beastly systems of this world, is, is that it? Is that is that it? They can't take us as they can't take us any further. You know, they're filling us right now, such as slaves to the man-made religions of this world. Uh, to the education systems of this world, to the e economic systems of this world, to the governmental systems of this world, to the God of this world, which is money, to the traditions and rudiments of this world, and to the worldliness of this world, and to the lust of the eye, and the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. We should not be slaves to this. It's failing us right now. We should be servants of bond slaves, of bond servants of God. This is what Paul was talking about in the book of Romans, chapter 1, verse 1, the King James Bible. Look at what he wrote to, 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 to Rome. This is where Babylon set, this city called Babylon set right there in Rome, on the outskirts of Rome. And Paul, you know, he was on his way to see Caesar. He was on his way to, to testify to, 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 the, to the high priest. And look at what Paul said here. He says, Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel of God. That new system, I'm a slave to it now. I'm a bondservant to it now. I owe my allegiance to him. My confidence and trust is in him. And Paul said, I understand now what it is to be a slave to him, the one and only true master, Jesus Christ, my Lord and my Savior. And so no one had more vivid sense of liberty and the right of a, of a private judgment than the apostle Paul but he voluntarily became more than just a bondservant of, of Christ Jesus, but he thought of himself as a slave to Jesus Christ and to the gospel. My God, he was volunteering in reference to what he knew and had learned before 
that took place over in the book of Exodus chapter 21, the King James Bible. He understood, you know, thank God we are no longer under the law, but under grace. Good God, Jesus, you know. And therefore, we are slaves to no man, but we are bondservants to Jesus Christ. I don't care who you are today. Amen. I do care who you are today. But I don't, you know, I, I hope you understand what I'm saying. I care, you know, but I don't care about all that other stuff but I care about you. I care about who you build your relationship with. I care about who you're enslaved to, but none of that other stuff measured up to a level of care. In other words, I thank God I care about my life in this world, but not enough to be a slave to it. My care rises to another level. I care about my relationship with Jesus Christ more. I'm just trying to put myself in the frame of mind that Paul was in when all this was transpiring. Amen. We're living in an age right now where a lot of these things that Paul endured are repeating themselves. And Paul fell out of love of caring what Caesar thought and what Caesar wanted under that system. And he began to care more about the system that he found himself in, which was under grace which was a relationship now with Jesus Christ. And he cared more about that than he did anything else. That's the point I'm trying to make. That's the lesson I'm, I've learned that I'm trying to teach and trying to relate to you. You know, who, 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 who and what are your slaves to? That's what it comes down to. Who, 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 who do you care about the most? What do you care about the most? You know, what system do you, do you put your trust and confidence in and rely on today? You know, you know, you know. And so, it's just a blessing to understand, you know, uh, he allowed no, no, no privileged authority to rob him of his crown of salvation that awaited him at the end. <laughs> he was the champion of his own personal liberty before the weak-minded people like Felix, straightforward Festus, or the frivolous Agrippa. You know, it had been noted by many scholars that his famous declaration, I appeal under Caesar. <laughs> I, don't, I don't really care more about, about Caesar than I do God anymore, but I need to make an appeal to Caesar about God that I'm a slave to now. <laughs> you know, we often say the gift that man, his man's gift will, will make room for him and bring you before great men. You know, and, and that's true because now Paul got the gift of him. He got the gift of God in him, and it's bringing him before Caesar because he cares more about God. So he got to go to Rome so he can tell Caesar about his God that he's now enslaved to. I used to be enslaved to you, Caesar, but now somebody's replaced you. I have a new master now, and I'm enslaved to him. I'm his bond servant, and I got to deliver this message to you. All the way on his journey, Paul said, I got, I got to get to Rome. I can't stop till I get to Rome. You know why Paul was, was such a slave to, to a bond servant to get to Rome, even though he went through all these places, Philippi, Corinth, Ephesus. He had to go through all these places, writing letters, setting the church in order, dropping a, a, a nugget here, dropping a spiritual nugget here. All the way. But the whole time, he said, I got to get to Rome. It's expedient. See, when you're a slave, when you're a bond servant, you're not going to stop till you hit that destination. You're not going to stop till you reach that mark. That's why Paul said, I forget everything that is behind me, and I press, and I strive, and I reach toward the mark that has been set before me for the prize of the higher calling in God in Christ Jesus, the one that I'm committed to right now, the one that I'm his bond servant right now, the one that have been anointed of him to be an ambassador and represent him now. My God, the bowels of the world, Paul said. 
And he knew I got to get to Caesar because you have to understand Paul had been given commission by Caesar to go and persecute the saints. And Paul realized I was a slave to that system. Why am I going to sell this new system short now and not put the same dedication and devotion like I got to get to Caesar so he can see the change. And just by happenstance, I might be able to convince him to believe the truth. Yeah, he got there and he and Caesar said, almost that persuaded me to be a Christian. But nevertheless, he had the chance. He was given the opportunity. You know, and so Paul didn't, didn't sell himself short. He said, I'm a slave of Jesus Christ. <laughs> you have to understand, yes, a slave in body, in mind, in spirit, boasting of his slavery in the face of captivity beatings and hatred and ridicule and scorn and bigotry and racism and prejudice and jealousy, discrimination, thorns in his flesh and being in the world but not of the world. This was his journey. It was not without suffering and pain. But see, Paul understood, I'm a slave to Jesus Christ. I can no longer give in to these things. He prayed and asked God, God, remove this thorn out of my flesh. But the Lord said, no, Paul, three times, thrice he asked him. And he said, no, Paul. And so Paul, he, he said, Paul, but my grace is deficient for you. And Paul said, okay, I would rather glory in my afflictions that your grace may appear upon me. Me who are your bondservant, me who are your slave. And if the master said, do it, I got to do it. If the master said, go, I got to go. You know, I'm, I'm your, I'm your bondservant, Lord. I'm your ambassador. I got to represent you and represent you well, wherever I go, when there's pain in my body. I still got to go because when you were in the garden and the Lord spoke to you when you were praying and agonizing and blood was about to pop out your veins, God. And you said, if it be thy will, take this bitter cup. But nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. He was a slave to what his father called him to do. And Paul said, I can't do no less because I was on his mind when he was agonized. He saw me persecuting his children. But he couldn't stop dying. He couldn't stop with what Father had called him to do. He said, my meat is to do that. The will of the Father who sent me. I came to seek and to save. I came to die to lay down my life. I'm a slave to it. I'm a bond servant to it. My God, I did not come to be served, but I came to serve humanity. I came to serve what thus said the Lord. And I got to finish my task. I got to finish what I came to do. And it was the Father who looked down and said when he finished it, he said, that's my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. He has served me well. All the way to the end, he bought into that system of salvation. He understand what the price is that must be paid and rendered. I don't know what this stuff is we're dealing with right now. It is just like Babylon. And we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about it. You know, the authority of the Apostle Paul as a divine slave. I said a divine slave because he knew he was appointed of God. He was one appointed by God. This appointment as the Apostle Paul was voluntary. He saw himself in uh, and the appropriateness to the extent of his choice of slavery. It was his choice. Let me tell you something. To serve God is your choice. He don't force it on anybody. Nobody can make you do anything. But if you look at the examples that God has given us and see the price that was paid for us to serve him, not to be served, but to serve him, to serve others like him, you know, the more slave uh, he thinks 
and voluntarily sees himself proves his supreme mind over his humanity and over his enemies. That's the thing you got to see. Paul wasn't worried about anything. He was already considered a slave in his own mind, in his own volunteer, in his own choice. So it didn't matter anymore what man does to him. You know, he was on a totally different level. You know, when you become a slave, let me, ooh, let me get on through this right here. For what does this uh, splendid slavery mean? It is a, a, a soul finding a personality higher and better than its own and yielding allegiance to it. Slavery in the Apostle Paul's veins, it is liberty. Because you're not allegiant to nobody but the one and only true and living God. It is moving within God. Ye shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Just like we read in the book of John chapter 8 verse 32. Paul was free from all of that now. He was free from being concerned about the beating, the threats. He was free from the bigotry. He was free from the racism. And see, when you become a slave in this day, when you understand the knowledge of God, you understand the vision that God is showing us, when you understand what he's trying to show us, the problem with putting your allegiance in the systems of this world is devastating because of the way they end. But what he's promised us will never end. The world and the kingdom of this world as we see them now, they will all pass away. But the one that we're that one master that we are a slave to, he says, No, if you live for me now, you live for me then in the kingdom that I promised. And not we, you won't be a slave then. You're a slave now, but you won't be a slave then. You're going to sit with me in heavenly place. You're going to sit on the throne and you're going to judge the angels and you're going to judge those who come before my judgment seat. If you can overcome right now, overcome as a bondservant. servant, overcome as one who came to serve and not be served, overcome, my God, Paul said, this world and all that it has to offer me. All these various beastly systems in the world right now. All this God of this world money right now. Everybody's seeing, you know, you have to understand the Babylon that was then, it is now too. That's why we use it in the Bible. That's why they use it in the Bible because they're trying to paint a picture to us and they want us to look at Babylon then and see the same similarities to Babylon now. And if God forbid them to put their, to become a slave and a servant to that system then, he has not changed. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he's warning us today. That's why it keeps coming up in these chapters in Revelation because he said, this is how it ends. If you do the same thing that they did then, you're going to get the same outcome now. Who are you a slave to now? Who and what are you a slave to? You're a slave to these same systems that people were slaves to back then. Paul came out of that system and he stayed out of that system. And he became a bondservant to Jesus Christ. So let's go in here, man, and look at chapter 17 in the book of Revelation. And I want you to understand, we're seeing the same old things repeating themselves right now in the United States of America. Let me tell you something. In four years, America used to be number one as a nation known for freedom. You know where we're at right now? It was alarming to me when I checked this data stat. We're number 17. In four years, we have gone all the way down to 17. And if we stay like this another four years, I don't tell them where we might end up. We've gone from being the number one rated ranked free country of freedom to number 17 right now in four years almost four years, you know. And it's because we have adapted or we have become parallel, aligned ourselves up with some of the same things that Babylon, who sat right there next to Rome, 
some of the same practices. And that word Babylon means confusion, corruption, and tyranny. And I can go on and on and on. That's what that little city had become because it was so corrupt and they had so much wealth there until the people just overran the leadership that was there. In other words, the Christians who was keeping the place afloat. It was a beautiful city at one point, but it got so corrupt. There was so much confusion. It got so caught up. They got so caught up there with their wealth and with the money, with the material things and, and, and harlotry. They, they, they began to practice adultery and fornication and all this sexual immorality and perversion just came in and took over because the elites came in with their money and because it was situated right near Rome where Caesar sat, they began to do all kinds of things there. They were infiltrated and it became a place of confusion and corruption just like we're seeing the United States of America have fallen right now from her grace. And there's an indictment on her right now. And God's got it up with her right now. And so we can't become slaves to this system. And who's running this system right now? So who and what are you slaves to right now? I pray and hope that in the midst of all that's before our eyes and unfolding and developing right now, that have caused us to drop from number one being free down to number 17 as a nation, as a democracy. But I don't know about you. The Bible says, my God, where the presence of the Lord is this year. And we ought to stand fast in that liberty where Christ has made us free and not be entangled with the systems of this world right now. Don't get caught up in the commercialism of this world. Don't get caught up in the technology of this world because you have to understand right now, there is such a hunger for data out there right now. You gotta be careful how you put your personal information in these devices right now and use all these systems right now. And it's becoming faster and quicker and more powerful right now and far reaching right now. But you got to understand right now, the devil always wanna bounce back. And if he can get all your personal information he can put the mark of the beast in you. And I'm not talking about no chip in your head. I'm talking about take over your mind where you become a slave to the technology world, where you become a slave to the God of this world, which is money. Everybody right now is all about making more money, not making more righteousness by God so that the people can be free. Everybody right now, I was listening to a gentleman this morning before we came down. And they were interviewing and saying, you know, who are you going to vote for? I'm going to be, and this, this guy happened to be a, a, a foreign, he said, I'm an immigrant, came to this country looking for a better future. And the guy said, why are you going to vote for him? He said, because he's doing deals to bring better and higher paying jobs so we can make more money. It's already working on him. And he's become a slave to that. That's the one reason why you're going to vote for him again. That's your Babylon. It's called the Babylon of commercialism. No reason to, to, to become a part of that system. You know, look at the whole system. Look at the whole system. But then there's another mark that we want to be marked by. And that's the knowledge of Jesus Christ. That's knowing what he said. That's knowing that truth. That's putting our trust and confidence in him. Not the systems of this world, not the beastly systems of this world that Revelation warned us against. So let's look in here what it says here. It says in verse 1, chapter 17, it says, And there came one of the seven angels. Remember now, seven angels. Remember the seven churches back over in chapter 1, 2, and 3? Talked about the seven angels of the churches, the seven spirits. See, God's got these angels, and they're messenger angels. And he sent out these angels to warn us. 
We're over in chapter 17 now. And he already warned us back in chapter 1, 2, and 3 about two churches that he was pleased with and the other five he had ought against. Well, guess what? He was speaking through John of Revelation, warning them, as the churches go, so go the government. You know? And I don't know where our churches have gone right now with their preaching and their teaching. I don't know what kind of doctrine they preach and teach. Some of them have become more political than the parties, the different parties they're affiliated with. We got to get back to, 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 to teaching people the gospel and let them become slaves to the gospel. So that's the mark that we are bearing, the gospel mark. Not the gospel, not the mark of this, this worldly system, this worldly religion, you know. And look at what he said. He says, and there came one of the angels, the seven angels, which had the seven vows, and talked with me, saying unto me, come hither. I will show unto thee the judgments of the great whore that sitteth upon many waters. Now that word waters there is interesting. It's not talking about physical water. You got to get spiritual here. Now John is caught up in the spirit as this angel is speaking to him. He's talking about people. That word right there, when you look at the translation, it's about people. And he's saying, look, this great spirit of whoredom is resting on the people in Babylon then, and now he's speaking about the end days. It's the same spirit they were dealing with back then, and God called them a prostitute and a whore. Remember Hosea? Hosea? He said, they done gone about whoring. They done divorced me. They done gone about with another with another." lover basically what god was saying and he divorced them because they had become a harlot he's saying the same spirit is showing up right now in the end times and he said it's sitting on many people and y'all know there's sexual perversion going on right now y'all know we got a leader right now that had three wives he done been caught up in every kind of scandal right now that spirit is still there y'all trying to gain that's why you got to be careful with your information and these devices think about what they're doing right now we're being hacked all over the place right now why? They're trying to gain control. Be very careful how you buy into, play into, how you become a slave to that system. Be protected. Use your password. Use every uh, level of security you possibly can. Deny them access. That's how they're going to control your life. That's how right there. They're slowly infiltrating. And we can't make, become slaves to these systems of this world. That's the beastly system right there. That's one of them. The other one is a love of money. It's called Babylon of commercialism, Babylon of education. Saying if you don't have an education, guess what? You're really worthless. And look at what they're doing with the education system right now. It ain't educating nobody, especially about God. There's a few schools I saw the other day where some of the teachers right now are teaching about the Bible. They're finally coming to their assistance and saying, this is where we're lacking at. There's some. Some places out there that have allowed the Bible teach, being teaching the prayer to come back in school. They're beginning to see the light. But it's small compared to what's really going on in these, these big dynasties. Pay attention. You know, Babylon, that spirit of Babylon, Mr. Babylon, she's beginning to find her way back. And it's coming through the leadership structure that we have. They're not putting their confidence in God. They're trying to replace God. They're trying to bring this one world order in. That's why there's such an outreach now to try to bring in Russia, bring in China, bring in all these your people that's supposed to be enemies to our democracy. It's just as clear as day. They're setting up Babylon all over again, which is corruption, confusion, and tyranny. It's a totally different system. And we don't want to have no part in it. 
goes on to say this angel is revealing the truth of religion of the religious part of Babylon to John. And John is revealing it to us as we read it here. He goes on to say right here, man, in verse 2, with whom the kings of the earth, listen to it, y'all, the kings of the earth have committed fornication and the inhabitants of the earth have been made drunk with the wine of her fornication. So the religious Babylon that he's talking about here is just like, um, you know, a prostitute right now, divorce God, going out doing your own thing. Religious Babylon who sits up many waters, mean many people, they're setting up people right now in places Listen to what happened. They want to get rid of all the Democratic governors and mayors down ballot. They want to replace them right now with, with, with people of the same kind of spirit they got. I know this because I'm seeing this in this state right here. How, how many times, how many people got to die before you realize this system is not working? And then the head of the country is telling you you're doing a great job only because you're a party affiliate. In other words, you're a slave to that system. <clears throat> and they're openly coming out and letting you know where they stand. That they want to get rid of you. And listen at the stupidity. Because of socialism. We don't want a socialist leader. Well, we certainly don't want this crap we got right now. Because it's not the system that we want to be marked with. So the gospel message is what we're about. The gospel foundation, the teaching of the apostles and prophets that we stand on, that we build on. There's no greater foundation in this except the Lord build the house. Everybody labor in vain who try to build it. Didn't seem to work then, and it's not going to work now. And they're constantly trying to bring in a one world order system. This man is doing everything he's again, lining up with all of these foreign uh, entities and kings and queens and people, trying to form a different system, trying to get rid of, of, of Christianity and replace it with religion, with the religions of the world. And we can't serve this stuff, you know. It's Babylon all over again. Confusion, come on, corruption. And the thing about it is this system, this Babylonian system that is, that is a system, I'll say system of corruption, system of, of, of tyranny, you know, system of anti-Christian, you know, hatred, bigotry, lying. You know, it is supported by the nations of the world. They love it. That's why we have fallen from number one being free to number 17. And I love the number 17 because the minute I read that today, the Lord said, look, you're right on point with where you're at right now and understanding what's taking place. Here is why. Because all of a sudden, at number 17, America has been halted. She can't go no further right now. She got to wait to November the 3rd before she can move any further. She may not be able to move back up on that scale, but I tell you one thing, right now, she can't go no further down. And here's what I heard the Lord say to me in the spirit. He said, because Jesus prayed in the gospel of John chapter 17, verse 17, he said, Father, sanctify them with thy word. That word is true. Listen to this, that thou hast given me. Now that was all of those at the time that was following him, but he didn't stop there. When he finished praying for them, he said, Father, 
Also, I want you to be able to save and to keep all of them that have yet to come in the future. Let me tell you something, man. He prayed that prayer, y'all, and it was destined for America to be put on hold right now to give us a chance to figure out some things, to give us a chance to look within. And I love the message. I love the theme right now. The soul of America is hanging in the balance. God wants to save the soul of the nations, the world. He came to seek and to save. Yes, he's put an indictment in an out, and he's halted everything right now. And they got to wait to see the outcome. God want to sanctify America with his word because his word is true so that we don't become slaves to that system. And those who are running it right now, who are corrupt, who are, who are acting in tyranny right now. Goes on to say here, verse three. So he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness. And I saw a woman sitting upon a scarlet colored beast full of names of blasphemy. Listen at this, having seven heads and 10 horns. I told you all these nations coming together, playing the harlot, prostituting the God of commerce, Come on, selling it to the highest bidders. You know, understand what the what the symbology is here. Understand what the metaphoric language is here. You know, this is God, just like He told Hosea. He's telling John the same thing. They they're playing the harlot. They're prostituting, and some of this is actually really figuratively speaking. You know, you got human trafficking going on right now. You got all this stuff. You got people down there on the border in cages being raped being sold into prostitution. You got all this stuff going on and it's being allowed and it's being approved. You got some of these characters right now, man, uh, being being found out, you know, being sued. There's some there's some legal suits hanging in the balance right now in the state of New York for that for the individual that's leading the free world right now. He's still gonna have to answer for it. These things didn't go away. That same spirit is right now out there right now. Gotta be dealt with. We don't wanna buy into this system. I, you know, I care about people saying why they support this individual. I said, well, you're not just supporting the individual. You're supporting everything that he represents. That's right. That's right. You know, it's not just one issue. It's the totality. It's a system. He represents a system, a corrupt system, a system of tyranny against what is good and decent and honest, you know. The soul of this nation is at stake. It's hanging in the balance. And all these evangelicals that have all of a sudden jumped on this political issue, done lost what they were called to do. They're no longer a slave to Christ. They're a slave to this system. They're marked by this system. They're marked by this system. When they should be marked by, by the knowledge of Christ, his vision. And they're going to perish along with all those who have gone and gone just like before. All those who have tried this before have perished. And the only thing that's going to count in the end and last in the end is the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's why Paul was such a slave to it. He was a servant to it. You know, so who, 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 who are you and, and what are you a slave to? This system, this beastly system, are you marked with it? Are you so endowed by it that you feel like you cannot do anything without it? Remember, you're putting your information out there, giving up control, and they're going to take control because they're going to know everything they need to know about you. I'm saying this 
so that some of you can make sure you got certain securities in place, you got passwords, you know, you got your stuff. I'm telling you, this was an eye-opener to me. I'll be very, very careful. Religious Babylon will receive power from the beast of the Antichrist. And I believe the Antichrist is already here. And I'm talking about the spirit of the Antichrist. I believe he's operating in the hearts and minds and lives of people right now. I believe he's in government. I believe he's all up in our governmental system. I believe he's, he's, he's infiltrated the clergy, some of the evangelicals. I believe that with all my heart on both sides. You know, I believe that. I believe that. You know, I believe when it talks about scarlet color here, I believe that they dressed up on the outside. Remember we talked about the outside is not reflective of what's on the inside. You know, you can dress the outside. You can put on all the beautiful colors. You can put on all the shark skin suits and alligator shoes and all that and deceive people. You, know, you can drive, you know, million dollar cars and airplanes and jets and all that on the outside look real, real religious. That's because you enter commercialism and it's, a, it's influencing people. People want to buy into that. When I heard that individual this morning on his interview, I said, God, I see what you're saying. That's a confirmation. The only reason he gonna cast his vote that for that for four more years of this is because he said uh, the type of increase of money he can make in a new job and you know we're gonna make more money. I'm gonna make more money. And he to me was not even a full-blooded born in this land uh, American. He came here as an immigrant and he wasn't shy about that. And I said to myself, I I wonder if the God of this nation is his God. I wonder if the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is his God, because the Bible said, blessed is the nation whose Lord is our God. The book of Psalm chapter 33, verse 12. You know, and it says, righteousness will exalt this nation, not com commercialism, not Babylon of, commer of the commerce system or the religious system, you know, but the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Goes on in, in, in verse four, he says, and he says, you know, women arrayed in purple and scarlet colors and checked or decked, yeah, decked with gold and precious stones and pearls and having a golden cup in her hand full of abomination and filthiness of her fornication. Look what he's talking about. He's talking about outward appearance and your raven wolf inside. Got all the fine clothes, the jewelry, fashion statement. People right now that I'm bought into talking about, oh, our fresh lady right now, boy, she can dress. She's a fashion statement. You're being sucked right into it, Mark, with that stuff. It's a show. And a ravening wolf on the inside because when she had a chance to stand by her friend, her best friend, her best friend got a book out right now and said that she turned her back on her. Friends don't do that. You know, but that's what we're dealing with. Rich appearance, but will be but are corrupt on the inside. Outwardly look luxurious and wealthy, but inwardly corrupt idolatry. Look at verse five. And upon her forehead was a name written, Mystery Babylon, the great and the mother of harlots and abominations of the earth. Look at what it says, of the earth. Religious Babylon will have a striking name on her. We're seeing it right now. We're seeing it right now. Look at what they're saying. He's not a politician like everybody else. 
He is a businessman. He's like us. He started from scratch and worked his way up. Look at the name they put on him. That's why we are drawn to him. He represent us, which is what? I thought you have to be the president for everybody, all Americans. Look at what he called, look at what he's saying about this particular corrupt, confused tyranny that we're dealing with right now. This monarch want to be a king. Look at this system. Look at this system that have caused us to fall from number one and being free because everybody's not free down to number 17 in a short period of time. You can check the data. It's there. Number six, verse six says this. And I saw the woman drunken with the blood of the saints all out there in our streets right now. And with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus, I know they flipping over in their grave right now. And when I saw her, I wondered with great admiration, religious Babylon will be prejudiced and will be given the power fiercely to fiercely persecute true followers of Christ. Might even kill some just like those who were mortared before. Stephen was stoned, y'all, for his testimony. Paul was beaten, y'all, for his testimony and beheaded. Some of them died cut in half, sawed in half, head cut off, John the Baptist. I can just see their spirits right now. Verse number seven, let's see the power behind, behind this stuff. And the angel said unto me, Wherefore doest thou marvel? I will tell thee the mystery of the woman and of the beast that carrieth her, which has seven heads and ten horns. That's that mystery right there. We got an idea of who those nations going to be that's going to become a part of that one world system, that world order that's going to try to replace our Christianity with their religion. We're seeing it right now. You know, details are given. We know the source of that power has to do with religious Babylon, not Christian Babylon, but religious Babylon, the beast, which is the Antichrist. We can read that back over in chapter 13, verses 1 through 10. You know, you can go back over there and read it. It's all right there. We, we, we've gone over that before. We're familiar with that. We got to know that. Chapter 13 of the book of Revelation, verse 1, all the way through verse 10, talks about that. Lays it out for us. So we don't have to be ignorant. We don't have to perish for not knowing that. If you go back to some of our episodes, you will see we covered that. You know, the greatness of the beast, okay, is his earthly power, not his heavenly power because he ain't got none. You know, because he has an alliance with nations. That's why he draws power. You know, he don't have no alliance with God, and that's the struggle right now. You cannot govern a nation or humanity or people without the knowledge and the help and the intervention of God. You're limited. And right now, our government is lining up with other governments because they're trying to gain power through an alliance with them because they can't go to God because they know they're corrupt, they know they're practicing tyranny, and they know that people are confused right now and don't know which direction to go in. This is why clergy and the church got to get up and help the people understand. You got to get up and make sure the people are not becoming slaves to this kind, of, this kind of government and these kind of systems and be very careful about how you use this technology because you no wonder they want to do a census, y'all, so they can get all your information so that some of these foreign powers can hack into your stuff, take your money out of your account, put it in another account. All this is part of that Babylon of commerce. They feel like if they take all your money, then you are forced to depend on them for everything. If they take all your land and all your property because right now you don't have money to pay all these high cost bills, Medicare and all of that, all these systems are hanging in the balance right now.
Social Security, all of them. It's that system of Babylon, that system of commerce. And what they're doing right now, everybody trying to jump on the bandwagon, that's why there's such a defense right now for the stock market. That's why there's such an imbalance of taxes right now. The rich is getting richer, the poor are getting poor. They don't care nothing about us. They only care about the rich and the wealthy. You know, that's a, that's a, that's a commerce, you know, that's what commerce is doing. That's what the system of capitalism is doing. And you got to be very careful right now how you expose yourself to this system that's set up all around us. They get your information, man, and sell your information to foreign powers and foreign entities, man. They don't know the God you know. They don't care about you, how you feel about it. You put the information out there. You served or you became a slave to that little phone you have. Be very careful how much information you put out there. Use it to spread the gospel. Let it be a virtual uh, pulpit to get the gospel out, nothing else. I know it's tough and hard sometimes. We have to do transactions on it, but be very careful how you share your information. You know, that's why they're doing a census right now so that they can kind of, you know, attack people who are going to vote. You know, they want to try to put out stuff out there uh, about you, you know, steal your, you know, steal your information, you know, it's a system of control, you know. Verse 80 says, the beast, talking about that system of the world, which is our election system right now, you know. Our economic system, our education system, they're trying to control all of that right now. You know, that beast that thou sowest was and is not and shall ascend out of the bottomless pit. Look where it's coming from now and go into perdition, into more, more tyranny, you know, more stuff that divide, more hatred, more bigotry, more lies, and that they dwell on the earth. Look where it's going to take place at shall wonder whose names were not written in the book of life from the foundation of the world. Those are the ones that they're going to attack. That's why you got to get saved right now. When they behold the beast that was and is not, and yet is. Talking about that supernatural power that's going to show up, that angel of light. Look where he's coming back from. Coming back from the pit, the abyss. His end or his doom is eternal destruction. That we got to know. His impact, though, is going to be, uh, uh, he's going to astonish the world. That's what's happening right now. This spirit that's in charge right now has really astonished the world because they never thought he'd get elected. They never thought that he would have hand, his hands on nuclear power, on the power to make decisions, you know, to do amendments, change the constitution, change our laws, and control all these different systems that we had in place, the Congress, you know, their power to be able to, you know, to hold these people in, in check. You know, oversight. All that stuff is hanging in the balance. Look at what has happened to our national security right now. All of this. It's astonishing the world right now. That's why everybody want to be his friend right now. Because he's operating like a monarch, like a king, like a dictator. And the only dictators and other people who operate that way have that mindset is drawn to him. And it's astonishing people. And people like that. There are people right now jumping on the bandwagon. They want a piece of that. Be careful. You know. Who and what is it that you are a slave to or you become a slave to? Because it said that you're going to end in destruction. Let's go two more verses and we're going to wrap it up. And here is the mind which has wisdom. The seven heads are seven mountains and which the woman sitteth 
verse 10, and there were seven kings, <clears throat> five are fallen, and one is, and the other is not yet come, and when he cometh, he must continue a short uh, space, number 11, and the beast that was, and is not, even he, the eighth, and is of the seven, and goeth into perdition. So what he's saying is this, all of them are going to form earthly power because they have no spiritual power. And what gives them strength and power is the alliance and the relationship that they're going to form, which is going to be that one world system, that one world order. That's all they're going to have in common. You know, they're going to align all these nations that you see in verse 10 through verse 12. You know, that supernatural power is going to become because they're aligned and they're all on one accord. Why? It's because all of them want to be dictators. All of them want to be monarchs. All of them are going to operate in tyranny. All of them are going to abuse their position and their power to control you and I because they have access to our information. <coughs> they have access to our bank accounts if we got one, our credit accounts if we got one, our medical information if we have it out there stored in these devices. That's, what they, that's, the, that's where they're going to gain their power to, to rule over us, you know. Then, you know, these things are going to cease to be. We know that. They're going to reappear for a while out of the abyss, out of hell. We can read this over in Revelation, the book of Revelation, chapter 11, verse 7. It's all documented. We went over this earlier. Go back and listen to the, the podcast. We have them out there. They're posted. You can listen to it. It's all there. Or go back and read it, you know. Verse 12, he says, and the ten horns, talking about these, all these heads that are coming together right now, that this, this, our world leader, he's trying to bring all of them together right now. Look at all these, these alliances and things that have just been signed by him, trying to bring, Pompeo just got back from over there, signing all these agreements, signing all these, these alliances with them while we catching hell right here in, in, in the United States, ignoring all of these things that we're challenging. We don't care about what's going on right here in our country. It's a reason why. You want to make sure you lined up with all these dictators, but you don't care nothing about what's going on right here on this soil. We got to fend for ourselves. You're not providing no leadership here. It's the forming of this world order. The scripture is being revealed. This is the new Babylon. And if you think about what type of dictators and, and, and people these leaders are, they're wealthy. They control all of the finance and all the wealth and the commerce in their nation, in their country. And they're people of third world. They're in poverty. Why? It's because they're using a dictator to run the country, a monarch. That's a system they're trying to set up. You know, that's the new Babylon. It's tyranny. It's corruption. And it's confusing the people. That's what Babylon means, confusion, you know. And that city was destroyed back then because all the wealthy people came in and they tried to bring, make the people become slaves. They tried to make slaves out of the people. They stripped them of everything that they had, the pride they had. It was a thriving city until all those elites came in there. All those money-hungry dictators, all those money-hungry leaders. And right now, that's all we're hearing, all the money we're going to make. And people right now, man, want that system. They want to become a slave to that system. <clears throat> but it's not going to last. Not going to last. 13 says, And these have one mind, and shall give their power and strength unto the beast, the head of it, the author of it. 14, 
These shall make war with the lamb. My God. And the lamb shall overcome them. I hope you hear me. For he is the Lord of lords and king of kings. And they that are with him are called and chosen and faithful. <laughs> Terrible purpose of the beast, man, the Antichrist. But the wars against God, not us, it's over there in the book of Revelation, chapter 13, verse 1 through 10. It's all right there. We know the outcome. We want to be marked with this truth and by this knowledge. We want to be a slave to this system because this system works. It's going to defeat this system that's out there right now. And I don't care how many alliances you line up with. They are going to be defeated. All the tyranny, all the corruption, all the confusion because he's not the author of confusion. Yeah, they're going to make war. They're doing it right now. World, world religion against Christianity. 15, he says, and he saith unto me, the waters which thou sawest, the people, where the whole, look what he says, the whole cities are peoples and multitudes of nations and tongues. Good God Almighty. Don't get any clearer than this. That's what we see. The destruction of this religious Babylon and this false religion. These, these <coughs> political Babylons and these, these, uh, religious Babylon, you know, they're going to be destroyed. Religious Babylon, meaning false religions, will gain enormous power, but they're not going to be able to maintain it and, 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 uh, and, and hang on to it. 15, he says, and he saith unto me, the waters which thou sowest, which were whole cities, and our people and multitudes of nations and tongues. He's telling John this so he can write it down so we'll have access to it today. So we can be marked by this and not by the systems of this world. You're going to either be marked by the beast, which is the systems of this world, go by what they say, or you're going to be marked by what he says. You get to choose. I don't know about you, but I want to know the truth, and I want the truth to make me free. And I'm going to stand fast in that liberty wherewith Christ has made me free and not going to be entangled with the yoke of bondage again. Verse 17, he goes on, to, uh, verse 16, he goes on to say, and the ten horns, talking about all these world powers in these nations that are coming together, which thou sawest upon the beast, the world is system, these shall hate the whore and shall make her desolate and naked and shall eat her flesh and burn her with fire. They're going to use you and they can no longer use you. They're going to destroy you. If you buy into that system, religious Babylon, where you got false religion, and you got they're going to be utterly destroyed by the Antichrist once they use you, you know, and what you represent, even though you might represent them. They're eating their own right now. They're destroying their own right now. Using, look at what's taking place right before us. Look who's testifying against this system right now. Some of the very own people who used to be a slave to them, a slave to that system, and it turned against them. And they're coming out testifying right now. The scripture don't lie. It bear record. It bear witness. My last two verses right here, 17 and 18. For God have put in their hearts to fulfill his will and to agree <coughs> and give their kingdom unto the beast until the words of God shall be fulfilled. Good God Almighty. 18 for my last verse. And the woman which thou sawest mm -mm -mm, is that great city which reigneth over the kings of the earth. Talking about religious Babylon, religious system, they will utterly be destroyed, not because of us, but because of God. He has the final say. He has the final say. It's no longer a mystery Babylon. We see the confusion. We see the corruption. We see the tyranny. 
But we have to ask ourselves a question. We in this world, but we're not of this world. Who and what are you going to become a slave to, a servant, a bond servant? Not just for a little while. Not just to become wealthy to make some money. Not for filthy lucre, y'all, clergy. But just for the joy of knowing him that have apprehended us for this. Just for the, the joy of knowing that we get to spend eternity with him. Just for the joy of knowing who we are and who he is and what kind of people we are. We're not of that system. We're in the world. We're not of the world. We're sojourners passing through here if you're a believer today, if you're born again today. But if you're confused and you don't know the truth, you've heard it today. You've seen it today. You heard it from Pastor Sharon. You've heard it every week that we've come to you. You're going to keep hearing it. Because God is calling us to become servants in the kingdom of God for such a time as this. And you can't unless you become born again. You can't. I don't care if, you know, what the world tell you. And I hope you understand what I'm saying. When I say I don't care what the world tells you, what I care about is what God has to say. I hope you understand the point I'm trying to make. I'm not saying we're not caring people. We're very caring people. But we place no stock in what the world tells you. We would be wrong to put our care in the world. We put our care and concern in God and in his people. We care about you. We care about what you hear. We care about what you know about our Savior who cares a lot for us so much he gave himself. And we want you to know about him. We want you to know this truth. And we want you to buy into that system. We want you to be a bond servant in that system and not the systems of this world because they're filling us every day. So who and what are you willing to become slaves to the day? Bond servants all the way to the end. We offer you that opportunity right now. All you have to do is confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ. All you have to do is believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. All you have to do is believe that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's the choice. We got a chance right now to voluntarily do what Paul did. Paul said, I voluntarily choose. It's my liberty. He, he said, to become a slave to Jesus Christ is my liberty. I'm free to serve him. You know, not bound. Nobody forcing me. No man can make me do it. It's your choice today. He said, I've called heaven and earth today to witness against you that I have set before you life and death. Now choose ye life. Not only that you might live, but that your offspring, your seed and your seed seed might live. That's in the book of Deuteronomy, Old Covenant. You know, still in check today. Chapter 30, verse 19, King James Bible. It's right there. That's what is set before you right now. you got two systems here. And you're going to either be marked by the beast or you're going to be marked by the gospel. You're either going to have your mind renewed and stuffed with the things of this world, worldliness, or you're going to have your mind renewed by the things of God, his promises, your hope in him. Book of Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2 says that, brethren, you know, be not conformed to the things of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Be marked by that. Pastor Sharon told us in the book of Philippians chapter 2, verse 5, let this mind of Christ Jesus be also in you. The wisdom of this world, God called it foolishness. But he said, I use it to conform the wise. Be wise today. Make a decision today for Jesus Christ. Confess him today as your Lord and Savior. Accept him today. He got the best plan for your life. You know, 
become a part of, 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 of what God is doing, what God has promised you. Put your hope in him. Jesus is the savior of the world. Paul said in the book of Acts chapter four, verse 12, that's the only name by which men can be saved. I wish it was another way. Nobody has anybody else, any other, you know, voice. The Lord said, hey, my sheep will know my voice and another voice that they won't follow. I hope you hear the voice of God that they're talking to you, telling you, instructing you, leading and guiding what system you need to put your trust and confidence and hope in. It's not the system of this world. It's not the system of government as we see it right now. It's failing us. All these powers and allowances, these nations coming together right now because they have an interest. They have an interest in what you have and what I have. They want it. They want to control it. They want to control us. They want to make us slaves, but not the kind of slave Christ want to make us. He offers us to be servants. They want us to serve them. But Christ said, no, I want you to serve because he who serves is greatest in my kingdom. And to do that, I must first become a child of God. I must first accept him who came and served us. He didn't come to be served. And he saved us. That same servant saved us. And he's saving us right now. He's calling us right now. He's reaching out to us right now. See him knocking on the door right now. And he's saying, if I stand at the door and knock, will you open up and invite me to come in so I can suck with you? I, I know your sins. They're red like crimson. I want to make them white like snow. I want to sit down and reason with you. Even right now, some of you are feeling the Holy Ghost reasoning with you right now concerning your salvation, your eternal salvation. And you hear him saying to you right now, what is your life? It's like a vapor. It's here today and gone tomorrow. Don't put off the day for tomorrow. It's not promised to you. As you can see, he said, look, the king of kings and Lord, look, he's going to destroy this confusion. He's going to destroy this tyranny. He's going to destroy this confusion. And he's going to set up and establish his kingdom. And he wants you and I to be in that kingdom. And this might be the only opportunity I get today to decide, to let God know, to communicate to God. I want to serve you, God. I want to be a slave to you. I want to be like Paul. I, I want to be your bond servant. But first, I have to become a child of God. And as many as receive him, he said, I gave them the power to become the sons of God. The day let this be the manifestation of the sons of God. Just receive him as your Lord and your Savior. Let's pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus. We thank and praise you right now for those who have heard the two systems that we're up against, either marked by the beast of this world or we're going to be marked by the gospel of Jesus Christ, sealed by that. And we're praying right now for all that have heard this word today. God, that they'll make a decision right now. Just confess that we're sinners and we want to be saved by grace. We ask you to forgive us of all our sins and cleanse us of all our unrighteousness right now. Put them under the sea of forgiveness, never to be heard of again. Father, we thank and praise you right now. We make a decision to become your bondservants. Your bond slaves, God. We understand what we're voluntarily saying today, that we want to be slaves to Jesus Christ, to the gospel message, as many, many other mortals were before us. And so we thank you and we praise you. We know you understand when we say slaves. We know, God. We know how the world understands slaves, but we never want to have anything to do with that system. We make our decision right now to serve you, to go after you, to walk in the light as you are the light. Thank you right now, Lord, for all those souls who confess Jesus Christ today as their Lord and Savior, repenting of their sins and turning right now away from the world. And they're moving towards you in faith. We pray now, God, that you fill them with the Holy Ghost. Baptize them, Holy Ghost, right now. Seal them right now. Heal them right now. Bring them into a place of freedom right now that they can stand fast in the living of the world you are making them free right now. And never, ever be entangled with the yoke of abundance again. Is our prayer today. We thank you right now, Lord. In Jesus' wonderful name, we pray, God, that we've said enough that the Holy Ghost is convicting and drawing right now as we lift up your name over the lost, the backslidden, the prodigal sons and daughters, Lord God, the gays, the straights right now, the atheists right now, the 4,200 that struggle with theology right now. 
mature and immature, all those that are out there today, God, that heard these greetings, that heard this word today, we pray, Holy Ghost, that you'll give increase to it right now. In Jesus' name, we ask you to seal it, hide it in their hearts that they don't sin against you. We declare victory over them right now. In Jesus' name is our prayer. Amen and amen. All right, then. Well, praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God. We are finished. Amen. We give God praise. We give God glory. We give God honor for you giving your attention today. What thus says the Lord, who and what are you a slave to now that you've heard the word going forward? Who and what are you a slave to? What are you going to be a slave to in these coming days? You got two choices. You can be a slave to the beast of this world, meaning the systems of this world, the religion of this world, the commerce of this world, all those Babylons who represent tyranny, confusion, corruption, hatred, bigotry. You know what time it is, division, you know, all of that. That's the systems of this world. That's what they bring into the table, you know. Or are you going to be a slave to Christianity and Christ Jesus, you know, Christ-likeness, you know. Other systems of this world. It's just that plain. What are you going to be marked in in your knowledge, in your mind, in your brain? Not some chip, not some seal, you know, but the knowledge of who God is. That's what causes us to perish. The vision of knowing where you're going, where you're going to spend eternity. That's what you want to be marked with. That truth, knowing that, having your mind renewed, the mind of Christ, let it be in you. We're going to be okay. Well, I'm finished. God bless y'all. We love y'all. Pray that the word bless you today. Come back tomorrow morning, 6 a.m., dial 712-775-7085, access code 123-218-POUND, and you'll be in. I promise we're going to continue. Chapter 18 is coming. God bless you. We love you. Hope you enjoyed the word. I'm finished. God bless. God bless. God bless. God bless. Love you. Love you. Love you. Love all of you. Care about you. Amen. That's why we tell you the truth. <laughs>